60 show presented by Empire on ColtonX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Pulp on Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by Infab. Thank you for joining us. It's noon, June 12th. 2014. Thank you, everybody. Fly Racing, the official racewear of uh, Trey Kennard, Jimmy Albertson, many other riders in the pits. Check out 2015 stuff's coming out soon, too, by the way. Check that out, and uh, they designed the racewear to complement a rider's natural movements on the bike. No unnecessary distractions, straightforward, no-nonsense function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products are distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports and NFAB. JGR, Toyota, NFAB, Yamaha, uh, Brayton, Nicoletti, Grant, and uh, light up the night with NFAB light mounting solutions to mount, to mount your uh, aftermarket lighting products. Anything you need from uh, step systems to, to uh, bumpers and Jeep gear along with those light mounting solutions, n-fab.com, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAB, 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let us know what you think about uh, the upcoming uh, race at High Point Lakewood. Round three of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships is gone. And uh, High Point is coming up. Uh, we appreciate you listening, taking your calls. We are giving away. Hold on. Where's my email? We're giving away a fly racing, uh, women's tee, women's tank, and women's short on the show. Uh, so basically what we're going to do is give that away to um, the first woman that calls. Let's just do that, 702-586-7857. Oh, by the way, I'm Steve Mathis. With me, uh, producing the show, holding things down, handling everything, is uh, the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? What's up, Steve? What'd you think of Lakewood? I felt like it went the way I thought it was going to. I felt like Dungey was right there, but he uh, didn't... Why, why can't he pass? Uh, maybe that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> Maybe that's a $2 million question had if he doesn't he, win this title because of it. Had he gotten by James Stewart, I think uh, I think he would go on for the win at Lakewood. He lost his front end. going. Uh, he was on James, caught James, trying to get it by him, uh, lost his front end, and then that was it. That was it. The race was over. Ended up fourth, and uh, he wasn't going to be quick enough to uh, to make up that difference in the second moto um, and ended up uh, third overall in the day. So not a great day for Dunge. Too bad he lost his front end. He was riding pretty well, catching James from the back, and uh, – Going into High Point this weekend, should be interesting to see what happens. It's an old track. It's been on the circuit for a while. It's also a good track. It's uh, definitely one of the better ones on the circuit, and the weather this weekend should hold up. We've seen some hellacious mudders at this track, and almost always we get some sort of mud during the day that uh, rain opens up a little bit and uh, comes down, even for practice, for one moto or for whatever. Almost always 
Very rare is the perfect weather day at High Point. But I think I think we could get it this weekend. Looks like it's going to be okay. It's supposed to be rain uh, today over there at the track and uh, should hold off for that. Women's Bright Idea T, Women's Diamond Tank Top, and Women's MX uh, short, all uh, all up for grabs for uh, for the first woman caller to uh, to call in for courtesy of the folks at Fly Racing. Who knew that uh, that uh, we actually have women listeners? Who's this? Lynn. Lynn. Wow, we actually have chick listeners, girl listeners. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Fly Racing, you won the uh, the T, the tank, and the short. So thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll we'll get your information, and uh, thanks to Fly Racing. Make sure you wear it uh, with style this this uh, this summer, Lynn. I will. I will. Thanks for listening. Um, hi. Do you have a question or no? Um, no, I just wanted to say that um, I really love you guys' show, and then you're awesome, and thank you. It's good that girls do listen. So it is good. I'm proud to listen. Yeah, I pumped them. Pumped the fly makes stuff for you, and. Uh, and thank you for appreciate. I appreciate you uh, tuning in. And uh, Tits, did you get her info? Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks, Lynn. All right. Thanks. See ya. Wow. Who knew? Women callers. Michael Byrne coming up on the show. BTO Sports KTM rider advisor Michael Byrne. You used to ride there and uh, doing some testing and uh, hanging out with uh, the team, trying to figure out if he wants to keep racing or not. He's coming up on the show right right now. Uh, Michael Byrne, and then uh, Jason Thomas, of course, coming up later to talk to us about uh, High Point Lakewood, the uh, the 2014 Lucas Oil AMA Pro National Series itself, and uh, much more. We'll take your phone call, 702-586-7857. If you have a question for Burner, for myself, for JT, you want to bench race, you want to tell me what you think, who's going to win this 450 title, Roxon or Dungy? Or somebody else. You think someone else can win it? Right now it's hard to bet against Roxon or Dungy. And in the 250s, Martin, Jeremy Martin of the uh, Yamaloob Star Racing Team. Hard to bet against him right now. He finally lost a moto, won five in a row, finally lost a moto this weekend at Lakewood, but still showed plenty of speed. So uh, those guys are the favorite, I would think. All right, coming up here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB, our first guest, uh, former factory rider. Now trying to figure out what he's going to do next. Michael Byrne, what's up? What's happening on that, are you going to race again? Do we know? How's the comeback? How's the leg? Ah, uh, leg's doing good. Uh, I don't know yet. When, I, when right. I feel like it's ready. Right, right. It's one of those deals, too, where I'm sure you don't want to ride for free, right? I mean... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to go out there if it's not right. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, so what else have you been doing? You've been testing for some Olins, right? Doing some of that? Yeah, I did a little bit of testing for Olins uh, for a month ago, and mm-hmm. just been doing a little riding, a little training. Somebody wrote us and said that every time we bring up Olean's on the show, we laugh, which is not true. Uh, not true at all. But what do you think of the stuff? How is it? It's just it's a, it's a hard market to break into because the the Japanese and, and, and WP stuff is good. So it's hard to convince a, a, a normal uh, weekend racer to buy suspension and bolt it on their bike. But what do you think? I mean, I've been – the old stuff was uh... – you know, it was decent, but the the new stuff that I've been testing with has actually improved a lot. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm super happy with it. Um, they've come a long way with the new new stuff that they've been using. So, yep. I mean, I think it's tough to break into the U.S. market with them, but I mean, plenty of people still use it in, in Europe. So yeah, yeah, it's a good point. You go to you go to a GP, and you see WP stuff on the CLS team. You see uh, uh, Olin's on a bunch of guys' stuff. You see uh, Solva 
on st- the Europeans seem to have no problem bolting on aftermarket suspension companies. No, that's for sure. So that's nope. for sure. I mean, I, if I was a regular guy over here, I mean, it's it's cheaper than what any you know, kit stuff is, and so I mean, oh, is it really? You know, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's a little bit cheaper and it works just as good, if you ask me. So right, right. Um, and is it twin chamber stuff, or is it? Are they working on air? Uh, they're, they're working on a little bit of air stuff, yep. but, uh, the fork is actually like main spring and then, uh, the pressure springs actually with air. So, oh, okay. A little different. A little... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it seems really good. I mean, it's, I think, uh, definitely a million times better than any production stuff that I've tried and, yep. um, you know, it's, it's come along really well. I mean, I've really mainly only been riding it on a Suzuki and a Kawasaki, so. Yeah. Uh, on those two bikes, it works. It works awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask you what kind of bikes you've been riding it on. Have you had a chance to try an AirShock? The shorty, no. the shorty's running. Okay. No, no, I've never done the AirShock yet. Yeah, it should be interesting. He likes it. He, he seems to uh, seems to be a fan of it, huh? Yeah. No, he said it, he said it works really good. It just has a little bit more of a, a dead feel on certain things, but you know, it's just a matter of getting used to it. So, is the major benefit of that the weight, or is there another benefit? Actually, I'm not really sure what their theory is. If it's a weight thing on that, I mean, obviously the fork, the air fork is a weight, yeah, is a weight thing. Um, yep. I've never really got into it much with the guys at WP asking them mm-hmm. if it's you know what the benefit they think of the air shock is. So. Right, right. Um, all right, hey, let's talk a little bit about the season. Uh, how's Shorty been doing? Uh, you work closely with him, and of course, Matt Gurky came back uh, this weekend. Uh, talk a little bit about work, those guys, and what you think's going on. Obviously, Shorty DNF the uh, first moto of the year, which put him way back. But w- since then, what do you think? Uh, I mean, Andrew's, I mean, the first, I mean, obviously, like you said, the first weekend he was went from 15 to 6 and then broke the chain. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's he rode really well. In the second moto, he actually was, obviously, with a broken chain, you get a bad gate pick. So, uh, he had a bad start, second moto, came up to, like, 10th and then, fell but he was he was happy because he was hanging it out you know trying really hard so um you know it's hard to get andrew out of his comfort zone a little bit so he was pumped that he uh, could actually do that and then uh hang down you know he fell uh, on the first lap uh with one of the jgr guys um so yep get out from last and come up to i think he got 12 or something that motor and then kind of use up a little bit a little bit of his energy for the second one but um uh, you know, last weekend he had a good first moto again. So yeah. I mean, his, his speed is there. He's been qualifying, I think, pretty much seven every time. So yep. um, his speed's there. He just last last weekend was the first weekend he had uh, two solid moto finishes. You know, without yeah. something yeah. stupid happening. So and, um, and he he feels like he feels like he's good. He just needs to have a little, get some better starts and have a little bit more luck. Uh, 702-586-7857, a couple lines open, still open for Michael Byrne if you got a question for him or even about the races and series in general. And Gurky's first race back, it kind of, it is what it is. It's his first race back after a while. He can get into the top 10, I think, after a few rounds, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he, I think he qualified maybe 12 or something. Or, mm-hmm. So he was right there on, on speed. It's just, uh, you know, first moto and first race back. And, you know, you don't have that race fitness yet, so. Just try and jump in there and, and and you know try and build on it each weekend. Don't do anything stupid. Just right. you know try and improve, try and improve each week. And I think uh, won't, be, won't be long. He'll be in the top ten for sure. Um, and uh, what do you think about uh, a high point this weekend? When I when I tell you high point track, what 
Was it one of your favorites? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Talk about the track a little bit. Um, yeah, I used to. I mean, I, I don't like. I didn't like it as much the last couple of years because they kind of took away some of the technical aspect. Like when you used to go down that alley off camera before you come up towards the finish line and uh-huh. stuff like that. But uh, the, the track is definitely tricky, um, and the weather's always a big, big part of that race. Um, you know, it's rain. It's supposed to rain there today and tomorrow, but be fine on Saturday. So the race might be. The track might be awesome this weekend. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's always that chance of that of weather there. So right. it's hit and miss. But, no, the track itself is, you know, awesome motocross track. It's you know, got, got a lot of elevation and a lot of off-cameras and challenging stuff. So yeah, um, it keeps you on your toes. Someone told me it's like you're never straight up and down on it. You're never just on flat ground. No, no, you're always on the lean angle for sure. You're always on the lean on the side of the tire. So Right. Right. Um, you got to be kind of patient. You can't be overly aggressive on the gas sometimes. Yeah, what, what I was going to say, is there I, – I think of a guy like Muscan. He won there last year. He uh, he went 2-1. Roxon went 1-2. Muscan, throttle control, very good technique, not a balls-out type of guy. So it's probably not uh, a shock that he does well at this track, huh? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's definitely a European-style track. Um, you know, it's all about keeping the flow without – you know, like you can't, like you said, point and shoot it like like a normal U.S. Yeah. track. You gotta gotta have good lines. You gotta, you know, be technically sound and and be patient and not override it. Is it? Uh, and of course, the ruts, right? I mean, because generally speaking, the, the weather uh, gets gets some pretty good ruts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're not, you know, if they're afraid it's going to rain and they kind of seal it and it doesn't really get very ruddy, but if they get some good rain today and get some good rain today, and that's been pretty fun. What do you think of the track? Looking back on it, what uh, what's your thoughts on that place? It, it, it is kind of a little hard to pass on, um, but uh, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty t- technical track too. Yeah, no, Lakewood's Lakewood's difficult because it's one of those tracks that like if you make one mistake, you lose a second, but it'll take you six laps to get that second back. You know, like <laughs> right, right. I know it's because of the altitude or mm-hmm. you know, like the bikes the bikes are slower or what, but it just it takes so long to like to make up time, but it's so quick to lose it. Right, right. Yeah, it does seem like guys are, are on the back fender of guys for an entire 30-minute moto. You're just... Yeah, you don't, yeah you're yeah. looking for a second, and it takes you five laps, or six laps just to get one second, you know? Right, right. Um, and that's kind of frustrating. You're like, damn it, I'm, he's right there, but you just, <laughs> and then you push it, then you make a mistake, and you lose more time. So it's... Uh, we, I think that track would be really fun at sea level. Well, sure. we, well, we talked about that a little bit. Like, can you give our listeners an idea of how bad the bike is, like what percentage worse is the horsepower? Or what's it like riding out there uh, on a, either 450? Well, I guess you never rode a 250F there, but on a 450 out there, what, what's what's it kind of like? I mean, at sea level on a 450, you could legitimately probably do a third gear start with the power that the bikes have. And there you go there and use them first because it can't even pull second. So <laughs> guys it's are, like riding yeah. a 300. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So guys are starting in first and 450s? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that bad. I thought you could get yeah. away. Yeah. So your your first your first gear on a 450. Geez, that that is pretty bad. Um, yeah. You do that at sea level, the thing will just launch out from underneath you, and you'll be on your butt. But um, hey, uh, Dungey and Roxon. We saw James Wanamoto at uh, at Lakewood, and he rode great to do it. He got caught, and then he was able to pull away and match those guys' speed. But Dungey and Roxon definitely do look a tad better than everybody else in the class. And I'm surprised. Are you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, they've just been really solid and really aggressive. Um, you know, I, yeah, I was 
I didn't know. I think James would hold on to that, but he actually did on the weekend. So you know, he he elevated his level for a moto. But yeah, you know, you need to do that for two here with these guys. So yeah, um, no, those guys are definitely uh, feeling good and obviously happy with with how their bike feels and and uh, just where their fitness is at and being able to push it for that. You know, for so long. Is there obviously with Dunge's fourth place in the first moto, uh, rocks and pulled some points on him. Is there who do you like to win this title? Like I think Roxon's going to get a bit. If it's me, I think Roxon's going to get a little bit tired. Uh, Dungey's a machine; he just can't be counted out. But do you have a guy that you think's going to out of those two, or even somebody else that you think's going to be there at the end? Um, I think. I mean, it's hard to count out Dungey. You know, like you said, he's so solid, and uh, I think Kenny. You know, he, he always rides good on these tracks in the in the past. The, the first few tracks, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely been strong there in the past. Um, and the thing is, the more the more and more confidence he gets, the harder he's going to be. You know, harder it is to beat him. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Dungey's going to really have any bad motors like worse than a fifth. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's. I think that's that's the that's the key with Dunge. I can't see his fourth was a surprise. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. And um, you know, hopefully the other guys you know start stepping up. I'm you know Trey definitely has the speed. Uh, I mean, obviously James has the speed too. It's just you know they got to be there the whole time. As a racer, you've 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 been here. Is it okay? So Trey Trey got the lead in the first moto. I think he whole shot, uh, and or second moto, I should say, and led some laps and then ended up getting fourth. Right. So if you're yep. in the championship hunt and burner, you've certainly been one of the guys that has been in the mix uh, for titles. Are you are you uh, are you pumped that you led some laps? And you showed you got speed, and you can beat those guys. Or are you depressed that you ended up fourth? Like I, I, I don't know. What's his mindset? Well, I mean, you know? I feel like if I was Trey, um, you know, I'd be pumped. You know, leading some laps because if you just keep focusing on your starts and getting hole shots, and mm-hmm. you know, you you lead three laps and you try and lead five, and then you know, so on. You okay. know, you try and build on that, build each weekend, and see if you can improve. And um, you know, before you know it, you. You know, you're leading half a motor okay. twenty minutes. Okay. You know? so, so so it's a yeah. So it's a building thing. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, you could look at it and be bummed, but you're only, you know. Yeah. You know, this is you're right at the start of the season, so you know, just there's a lot of lot of motors left. So mm-hmm. I would look at the positive that you you know that you ran up there and you're with those guys and try and build on that. James Stewart, obviously a big a big uh, source of discussion as he always is. JT and I almost our friendship we almost broke up our friendship arguing about James uh, on our podcast a couple weeks ago. But uh, his bike doesn't look ideal. But I think there's more to it than just that. He's 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 back. He's off those guys a little bit, and I think it's more than the bike. JT is more leaning towards look. He's just the bike is is not good, and he's not confident because of the bike. He doesn't want to push it. What do you say, Burner? Yeah, when I watch James, he doesn't seem to be as aggressive as he as he normally is. Um, whether that be just something to do with him or or the bike, it's uh, you know it's hard to tell. I mean, maybe it is something with the bike. It's just one little thing, and then mm-hmm. he'll be more confident. But uh, he doesn't seem like he wants to get it on the edge like like old school James. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven on Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB. Speaking of NFAB. Uh, they were a title, uh, a personal sponsor of Justin Barsha. He has now had ankle surgery and out for the year, and he's moving to JGR next year. What's your take on his move? The way I look at it, Burner, his move comes down to this. 
this is I'm put my I'm putting myself in the minds of you riders. It's either A money, B a better team slash better bike, or C, you know, he's not the man at Honda. He's got to share that with Trey Kennard, and he wants to and he's gonna to go to JGR and be the man. So it's a little bit of an ego move. Which is it in your eyes and, and, and why do you think he's doing it? Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously it was the best offer that he had. <laughs> well, but I mean, uh, whether, so, whether it be money wise or, okay. or whatever, and he thought it was a better move to you may, maybe not stay at Honda anymore. Maybe he feels like he needs to change. Um, Do you? I mean, obviously, he, he would have rode the bike. I'm sure. Oh, for sure, um, right? Yeah. Before he <laughs> before he signed it, so mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure that he felt like he's comfortable on it. And do you? Uh, like he had a shot. Do you think it's a money thing? Do you, I think Honda could pay as much as JGR, right? I don't see how that could come into it. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, money has a lot to do with it. You know, times aren't as good as they used to be now. So, mm-hmm. um, if the if the money's in the ballpark that he wants, and he just wanted to change, then yeah, then why not switch it up? You know, yeah. Um, the uh, the bikes come a long way. I think that you rode briefly for JGR. Um, and you rode that Valley uh, Yamaha 450 when it first came out. I've talked a lot to Josh Coppins, who, who did a lot of testing on it and, and did some changes to it. They've stiffened it up, stiffened up the frame in places. They've softened up the frame in places. I think the bike is better than it was when you rode there, Burner. No, you know, it, it is a lot better because I rode uh, even the production one. I went to Australia and did the oh okay yeah the, the, the production shootout mm-hmm. um, in December last year. So no, the bike is. Is dramatically improved. I mean, still got some things that could be better, but yeah, um, you know, every bike has a little something that could be changed. You know, every every rider is different, so yep. we all like it. We all like a different feel, and but uh, the engines are definitely super improved. Yeah, um, super good horsepower, super easy to ride. So mm-hmm. uh, they definitely made huge improvements on the engine department. What uh, it was more of a handling thing with you, right, on that older bike and. So what did it do, and what do you not think it's doing now? Uh, well, I mean, it's hard because I just you know, I didn't push it to right, the limit. Right. I was only riding a stock one, but um, it was a little bit of both for me. It was handling and the engine. You know, the engine used to be really aggressive, like it used to just to hit really hard. Um, the new one's a lot lot smoother off the bottom and pulls all the way through, so mm-hmm. um, that makes it easier to ride. But uh, the front end was always... Um, like an unknown, like you, yeah. you, you felt like it was doing one thing one lap, so then you push it into the next lap, and next thing you know, you're on your head because <laughs> it did the opposite. So, right. um, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure what they've done is, you know, helped a little bit. I mean, people seem to like it more this year. So, yeah. Um, but the biggest thing for me, just riding the production one, was just the feel of the engine. Right. Yeah. No surprise. Uh, I tweeted this out before the start of the 450 Moto One. I said uh, I predict Grant or Nicoletti will be up front, and they were uh, one and three. No surprise the Yamaha um, pulled through. Yeah, the JGR guys have definitely got a strong, a strong engine package to begin with, um, and then with the new engine, it just probably made it easier for them to make even yeah. more horsepower. So, right. you know, those guys are always getting good starts for sure. If you um, had to, ch- if you were in charge of building a bike burner tomorrow. And you had to go aluminum frame or steel frame. What What do you do? What do you put on? Um, I think aluminum. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they've come a long way with you know all their new chassis. Like the new Cowie chassis is really is really nice. Yeah. 
Um, it's really, really easy to ride. It handles really well. And so, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, there's been, it's been, I mean, other than the KTM, it's been a long time since any of the Japanese bikes have been on steel. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I'd go back. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, touching on Chad Reed, your buddy. Probably gets a bit of a mulligan for Lakewood because I didn't see it, but I heard he really ate shit early in the practice when he hit some concrete or a massive rock, right? And uh, yeah, so, so maybe second get, laugh, he said he hit right. that and ate shit really bad. So maybe give him a mulligan for Lakewood, he's, a track he's never that good on. Yeah, yeah, for sure, mulligan. I think he, he's going to improve each week for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely improves each week back here at home. So right. Um, yeah, not his favorite track to begin with, and then having that straight up, not not helpful. Yeah, yeah, he's good at High Point. He's it's a good place for him. Yeah, no, I think I think he'll be better this weekend, and you know, then he'll have a break, and then he'll be better after that for sure. Right. Um, hey, Weston Pike, uh, certainly uh, great at the first two rounds. Pretty good at Lakewood. He hasn't been to these East Coast tracks for two or three years because he could never afford it as a privateer. Is that gonna? I mean, obviously, it's gonna hurt him a little bit. But how much does it hurt him, or at all? Do you think? Oh uh, no, I think it'll be difficult. You know, like these tracks don't change much, and if you haven't been there for a while, yeah. Um, I mean, you're not used to the to the race lines and and how the tracks form. I definitely think that uh, he's gonna have a have to have a quick learning curve each weekend. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's fine. I think I think he'll be all right. He usually starts hitting his stride at the 20-minute mark. So. <laughs> right, right. Um, he's always strong at the end. Uh, who's been a guy in a 450 class that's maybe surprised you a little bit, or has there been anybody? Uh, honestly, JG surprised me a lot. I mean, yep. Obviously, the first first weekend, the first race, and then, um, you know, he's been, you know, he was fifth in the first moto on the weekend. and Yeah. But, you know, I was surprised that, uh, you know, at his fitness and how much he was hanging on and, uh, he wasn't dropping off like uh, he has done sometimes in the past, and yep. you know, obviously, like I said, hole shots are definitely going to help his confidence too. So yeah, and he goes good at high point too. It's another guy I've seen seen him put some good rides in. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody who keeps getting hole shots is going to be good at every track. <laughs> right, you know, if right. you get that clear track and you can run up front for those first yeah. five. four or five laps, yeah. I mean, it's a huge thing. The field spreads out, and you get comfortable, and yeah. Yeah, um, think about that, huge. right? Like, uh, yeah, five, five laps, and you, you you can you can not cruise, but if you five laps, you get a start, and you go balls out, you can bring it home in a in a good good manner. You know, it helps. It's such a huge yeah. Start. I mean, yeah. yeah, you hold you hold shot one of these nationals, and you pin it for two laps. You're gonna have fifteen yeah. seconds on the guy in fifth or tenth. You yeah. know, like yeah. it's just how quickly it spreads out. And, and it's crazy because it's thirty minutes plus two, like thirty seven minutes at Glen Helen. The moto was. And it still boils down to a start so much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, on the first lap of any of these nationals, if you're mid-pack, you're trail riding. You're not even on the gas. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's just so many people. Yeah. And, you know, it's rutted, and they're all getting cross-rutted and banging into each other. And if you're going to clear track and you're just mm-hmm. laying it down, I mean, you're pulling five seconds a lap, you know? Right. Uh, let's get to Mark's call here. Mark, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Uh I'm just calling in regards to performance-enhancing drugs. There was a lot of discussion uh, before the outdoor season began that there was going to be some testing. Yep. However, we're three races in now, and in any media source, I haven't received any information that testing has gone on or there have been any results. And 
makes me wonder, because of the expense involved, if it was a little bit of a Trojan horse kind of thing. No, Mark, there was, uh, they, they had a, um, uh, a, a meeting at Glen Helen. They, they said that they were tested three to four times this year. They tested uh, Friday night and Saturday after the podium at Lakewood. So I don't know when the results are due back, but they did. The first, Lakewood was their first race that they tested. Okay, great. So that, yeah, I think they tested the whole KTM team on Friday night. Yeah, after after the autograph signing. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, and then Saturday, I think they did all the top three in both classes on Saturday. Good. So good. Just one. Oh, so, so, so Kenny and Dungey got tested twice. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for that information. Thank you. Uh, I don't burner. Are they going to catch anybody? Unless they're stupid, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. Right. I mean, do you think it goes on in our sport? A. I guess the question is, do you think it goes on in our sport? A. And B. Uh, are the riders dumb enough to still be doing it to get caught? Right. Those are two different questions. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't think that they're doing it, especially near races. You know, on race days. I mean, uh, I was talking to one of the cyclists there on the weekend, and uh, he was like, I mean. If they're going to do this stuff, they need to do it midweek or mm-hmm. just rock up at their house and you know yeah. don't do it around the don't do it around the race because if they were doing it, obviously if he's a cyclist, he would know that yeah you yeah. know yeah race day is kind of irrelevant you know right well unless it, I I don't know I mean I'm not an expert on this stuff but I think EPO stays in your system for a little while if that's something that the guys are doing but from what I understand there's better stuff than that that's an uh, that's old school already you know. But it is good yeah, they're I, testing blood. I mean, that's going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and uh, if they do it like they're supposed to and they take take the blood every time, then they're going to, what they call, have a passport on your blood. So mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll, they'll, like your blood will have a history, and they'll be able to, if it goes up and down all, all year, even if it's in the right range, yeah. if you're fluctuating a lot, that probably means that you're doing something. So. Right. Um, and, um, that, and that tests for HGH too, right? I think yes. It, yeah. Which I, I think there's a lot I think there's some of that going on with guys. I really do. Yeah, I mean, but that's only really supposed to help with um with recovery and stuff as far as Yeah. Healing. When people are, yeah. yeah, healing and injuries and stuff. So I don't Right. I don't really know. I mean anything I mean, half the guys are, back in the day are probably just smoking weed, so they're not gonna <laughs> they wouldn't get busted for anything because they're just it's recreational stuff more so than Yeah. Yeah, performance enhancing. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good that I don't know. I mean, hopefully yeah. no one gets caught. Hopefully the sport, yep, you know, keeps it clean. But it's it's definitely a good start to make sure it does. What sucks is the 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 winners are always under suspicion. Now we live in a world where the Lance Armstrong is worldwide attention. Uh, the NFL guys are getting busted. Drug cheats are more and more prevalent. So in our sport, the winner gets his finger get the finger pointed at him, and this should shut some people up. Hopefully, unless he gets caught. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if they don't, if he does pass now and they do what they did with Lance and they store everything and then maybe in a couple of years I'll have a test for something else and you can yeah. test it, go back and test it then and yeah. see, you know, see if they're really clean and I I'd like to see I'd like to see some random motorhome checks for IVs. But Yeah, right. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, you've gotten them um I'm not not in between, but I mean after a day of riding and how much of those things help? You're, you guys are like a new man after an IV. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've had to get one after a national before because you're just so drained. But yeah. I mean, if, if I was to, would have got it in between motors, I would have been a pretty happy boy. I think lining up. <laughs> right, and you can't tell me that that's not going on. I I firmly believe that that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they should, they need to if they're going to check, they need to check everything. You know, yeah. not just the top three guys every weekend either. If it's going to be random. You know, everybody should be on the chopping block, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good step. I would start knocking on some motorhome doors for IVs in between motos if it was me, but I get, there also, too, is that whole privacy thing. Maybe you can't even do that by law, you know? I don't know. So, Well, I mean, I think I think those guys, I mean, they can pretty much walk up to your house anytime, anytime they want. So True. I don't I don't think uh, going to your motorhome should be a problem. Uh, last question for you. Metcalf uh, f- dropped into a fill-in ride on RV's bike. He's kind of doing what Brett Metcalf does, right? Good results, nothing too bad. What do you think? What do you make of his your fellow Aussies' uh, uh, ride so far? Well, I think he's been good. I mean, he's been solid. He's, you know, well, obviously last weekend he had a rough, rough start. Like I said, that track's difficult to make up time on. So I felt like I was watching him in Weimar. Like he was like a second and a half behind Weimar, and it took him like ten laps to. To gain a second, yeah, and yeah. they're just going for it. So, right. um, but I think I think he's been doing pretty pretty well so far. I'm sure he's still adapting to mm-hmm. to the to the factory bike. I'm sure it's you know, yeah, a lot different to the what different to the production bike that he was riding, and and obviously just getting back into the swing of riding here in the states. You know, yeah, yeah. For Metcalf, he he had his privateer bike he rode the nationals with last year. Then he has his Canadian factory bike that's all done up. Then he had he rode Chad's bike for a day or two. Now he jumps on a factory Cali bike, so he's had a lot of different setups. Yeah, I'm sure he has. A lot, he's had a lot of things going on, so I'm sure he'll get more and more comfortable as yep. it goes. Yeah, no doubt. Burner, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Always good insight from you. Uh, fantastic. Much better than Jason Thomas. It just it's so much better. <laughs> um, hey, thanks. For having, thanks for having a little faith in me this week. You didn't cut me off. <laughs> I know, dude. You're cutting it close. I should realize that you're really responsible, unlike a lot of riders. You're, yeah, I'm, I'm scheduled. I'm scheduled. I know, I know. Never again, Burner. I will not doubt you. Thank, thank you. <laughs> All, right, man. All right, all right. See you guys. All right, that is uh, Michael Burner on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Fly Racing makes much more than gear, helmets, and casual wear. People, Fly produces a range of bike stands, loading ramps, tie downs, handlebars, grips, levers, and more. Visit flyracing.com to view your full range of hard parts, and of course, NFAB. JGR and Fab Toyota Yamaha with uh, Brayden, Grant, and Nicoletti. Nicoletti got three more races, everybody, so he's going to three more uh, on the JGR team. Uh, visit more about NFAB products. Visit n-fab.com. Uh, we welcome our next guest on the line. Uh, I was just kidding, JT, about all that info that Burner is so much better at. I bet you were. I bet you were. <laughs> Damn it, tits. I told you not to call him. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hey, um, uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, we covered the 450 class with with uh, burner, so let's go two fifties a little bit with you. Um, right. um, right. get there about High Point. Let's talk to you about High Point. What do you think of the track? Did you like it? What's it? Who's good at it? Who's bad at it? Um, <clears throat> I like it. Um, I didn't really <laughs> feel like I was that great on it. Uh, your enthusiasm is easy of... to tell. You really like it? <laughs> no, I, I did like it. I thought it was fun. There's a lot of elevation. Uh, the biggest thing I struggled on was there's a lot of off cambers, mm-hmm. and uh, my technique wasn't ideal for that. I just I never felt like my body positioning was perfect for like tr- where, where tracks lack traction. Yeah. Um, well, is it because so yeah, cause it, it, yeah, because you're shorter? Maybe like is that? No, it was oh. just bad technique and bad form <laughs> on my part. Okay. I, I developed habits that should have been broken. Right. 
uh, earlier in my earlier in my riding and and didn't, so they just became un- unbreakable at some point. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, I enjoy it. I just didn't always <clears throat> really feel like I was that great there. You know, I had good results at times, but yeah. Um, if if the track would be soft and there would be ruddy where I could really pivot off something, then I felt like I did yeah. okay there. We, uh, but it, it obviously is a staple of the series, and obviously being an MX sports event and all that kind of thing, I think it's a historical place, and, yep. and I really do enjoy going to this race. Do we need to unroll a, bow, a, a, a bed sheet that says safe high point? Do you want to do that this weekend, or is it saved? Uh, is it is it on the docket for maybe going away? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's good, but let's do it oh, anyways. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, anything that secures my my uh, <laughs> race job, race, paycheck, I'm, I'm right. on board with. Right, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, we look like we're going to avoid some weather this weekend. It should be decent. But it wouldn't be high point without maybe some rain in the morning or rain in one practice session or something. Yeah, it's, it's going to rain some at some point during the high point weekend. It's just will it be on race day or not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, switching to 250 class. Um, last year, Muscan 2-1, Roxon 1-2. Muscan, of course, was back to his old self in that second moto. Rode great um, uh, to charge from the back. He This could be a breakout. This could be the race that Muscan says, hey, everybody, I'm fast and I'm back. It certainly was eye-opening, that second moto last week. I, I didn't expect it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he'd been pretty far off the pace, um, which he had himself admitted that would kind yeah. of be the norm here for a little bit. Yep. But he certainly – um, made strides towards getting back to the to the lead there. So, uh, do I expect him to come out and win this weekend? I don't. I don't see that happening. But um, I could certainly see him in the fight much more could, so than it has been. Could, I got him for a podium. I got it. Stamp it. Podium. Um, I could see it. Oh, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I think he's. I think he's got a, his work cut out for him. Uh, the two Yamaha guys have obviously proven their their worth. Um, Purcell should be really good here, and uh, I think this is one of Blake Baggett's best tracks as well. So. Okay, so um, you said that. Yeah. You wrote a good column this week on Blake Baggett on RacerX Online, and you say that it's one of his better tracks. But at last year he went 4-8 here, and I don't remember why. I don't – it wasn't – the year before was the one where he crashed and he had his visor backwards. What happened last year to him? Uh, I don't know. I can't offhand think of what – there was a lot going on with him last year, so I can't say exactly what happened. Uh, but it, keep in mind his first year ever on a Suzuki, he won a moto here out of nowhere. Uh, just blew everyone away, which was shocking. I mean, he hadn't done anything up to that point. So, he um, won a moto on the uh, on the Bobby Hewitt team. He did, yes, um, at High Point. Uh, I mean, absolutely crushed everyone. So, yep. Uh, then the year of Pro Circuit in '11, um, he crashed like five times and still was doing like three to four seconds a lap faster than anyone. Yeah, that was the visor uh, year, I think. Right? That was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I just think he has a lot of speed. I, I don't know what happened last year. There was a, you know, like I said, there was a right. lot of variables last year in his riding, in, in general. So, so, so you, I think all all things being a hundred percent, and he looked that way the second moto last week. I, I think mm-hmm. he should show a lot of speed this weekend. So you think, yeah, you think uh, obviously Lakewood was really like a tale of two Blake Baggett's. We saw the twenty thirteen Blake Baggett in the first moto, and we saw the twenty twelve Baggett in the second moto. It was remarkable. Yeah, and, and, you know, Blake's strong suit is corner speed and momentum. Uh, he's just really, really good at not slowing down. And I think the way that Mount Morris is kind of a, a Euro-style track where you just flow around it, and if you can up your your uh, miles per hour by two or three and can and keep that up all the way around the track, I mean, it it, makes, it you know pays huge dividends at the end of the, the lap. So, um, so you, that's part of, part of what I think makes him so good at this track. So you call it Mount Morris. You don't call it High Point. 
Was a big. Uh, I call it both, but yeah, growing up and stuff, I always called him Al Morris. Right. Right. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but again, uh, Jeremy Martin, he's won five out of the six motos, and he still looked really good, even in that sixth. He he was trying to fight off Cooper Webb, trying to break his tib and fib, but he still rode very well. He did, and then that was uh, an interesting "what if" to me. Is if he didn't crash there, would he have would he have been able to run Blake back it down? I, I don't know if he could or not. Um, but he certainly looked like he would have been no mm-hmm. worse than second, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been you know five wins in a second place. Um, so, you know, I actually placed a couple wagers this week with with uh, of course you did pretty pretty wise people that I, I feel like and uh, that I think Jeremy Martin will win this championship and. I don't see any reason that this weekend wouldn't just there, be more of the same. There's people who think he's not. There are people who took money that said he's not going to win the title. Two separate bets, yes. Oh. Same bet, but two separate people. I think I know these people, and I got to. Uh, did, did you get odds? Did you had to get some odds? No, no. What? what? He's got yeah. he's got a two race lead almost over. Half I'm, the... I'm aware. Yep. <laughs> there was no hesitation on my part. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think Martin's second moto at Lakewood. Although he only got six, he showed that you know he, this kid's for real. He was great. Well, and, and and my my reasoning was is he he had a what he would consider a bad moto, or I, what I think what people would consider a bad moto, and he still yeah. at the end of the day only lost three points to the to the yeah. winner of the day. You yeah. know, like that's that's really tough when you're looking at people that are fifty points down. I mean, you're yeah. <laughs> you're going to need some help, and that that's not much help. No, absolutely. All right, let's get to the phone lines here, uh, Justin. What's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? I. Uh... I had a quick question. I think it's a perfect setup having a former, well, two former riders and one former mechanic uh, in on the line. But uh, say, like, Ken Rockson's mechanic was out, out biking and, God forbid, got in a huge uh, accident, broke his leg or his hand and couldn't wrench on his bike. Yeah. Since the riders are such, like, kind of, uh, I don't know, mentally unstable, if I'm correct. No, they um, are. They are. Yeah, exactly. I know you've said it before. Uh, would that mess with a guy? Um, Trusting his best buddy has been wrenching with him for so long. Um, perhaps by coming in, still in. I mean, that, I just thought of that today. Like, what if Mike Williamson got hurt, was in a car wreck or something, and couldn't wrench an RP's bike? You know what? Honestly, uh, Justin, as a former mechanic, I would love to tell you that these guys would be heartbroken and they'd have hospital <laughs> bed vigils uh, for their mechanics. It would not matter. It really wouldn't. Uh, JT, do you agree? Um. I don't think it would matter too much. It's happened over the years. Um, you know, Chad Reed uh, had rookie get hurt, and um, Alan Olson had to fill in for him. Um, you know, Ricky's had different mechanics over the years. I don't think it matters too much as long as you have a guy that you trust. That's that's really the thing. Yeah. Um, the trust factor is high, but there there are plenty of guys on teams that are capable of, uh, of building a winning motorcycle. Yeah, Justin, I was at Yamaha when uh, Bob Oliver filled in for Dave Dye, who got hurt at uh, San Francisco, and, and Chad won that night. And uh, Bob Oliver filled in for uh, Brian Lunas in Atlanta. Bradshaw won that night. Um, of course, Alan Olson, like JT said, Alan Olson filled in for rookie for a whole season. Honestly, it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't matter, as long as the guy's well, confident. Just, and so. just, to, just right. to drive that home, my, the second best result I've ever gotten in Supercross, the, tr- uh, the truck driver of the team was my mechanic that, that night. So. <laughs> what happened? Uh, Frank? I don't know. Frank my, or Truman? I don't know why my mechanic wasn't there, but he <laughs> didn't make it. So right. my truck, the truck driver was my mechanic. Yeah, yeah. No, I, Justin, it's a good question, for sure, a good question. But yeah, it, I don't think it would matter. So, 
Okay. Uh, do you guys know what, um, now that AC and RV are uh, on the mend, uh, there was this huge crew of undefeated or un- unbeatable guys uh, down there at RV's place with Cincerello, Roxton, and uh, Villapo training together. Now that everybody's hurt, is Roxton still at RV's training with Alden, or what's the update where he's at right now? Yeah, I think he is, although I think he's been in California for a few weeks. But from what I understand, yeah, he's moving back, going back to Florida with, with Alden. I talked to Baker uh, at Glen Helen. He couldn't wait to go back east. Um, so yeah, they're just going to be at it, pounding laps. There's there's a road race guy that hangs out there that Alden trains too. So, although he is probably a C level motocrosser, but there will be that guy and Alden and Roxon out by themselves. Yeah, Chris Clark. Yeah, Chris Clark exactly. So, well, all right, guys. Thanks, Thanks Justin. Appreciate it. All right, Jake, you got a question for JT? Yeah, I got a couple of questions. The first one's for uh, JT. Uh, I used to read, he used to have some articles back in the day in Racer X, and um, you guys bust his balls a lot, so I'm surprised you haven't brought this up. Uh, how come no one ever talks about JT's past relations with uh, Britney Spears? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I prefer not to think about when JT ran a Britney Spears sticker on his Husky, but he did. He did. He really did. Well, the, oh, okay. the funny part is there was, so a, never, there was a... I thought I read in Racer X he had a relationship with her for a short time. No, no. That's that's the funny part. Is like it was all a joke, and then I can't even tell you how many people have asked me about that and thought it was real. It was complete, you know, joke at the time, and I was just kidding around. And then, yeah. So that's, the, that's the concept funny. of the sarcasm got lost in the article somehow. Too funny. All right. And the question for both of you guys: um, I used to be a longtime Travis Pastrana fan, and I was wondering. You know, obviously we've seen Chad Reed get hurt and come back multiple times. If Pastrana had been able to concentrate on the track. Where do you think he'd be out there racing now, position-wise? Uh, he was – Travis is maybe one of the most talented riders I've ever seen. Uh, I'd put him on a James Stewart level. I really would. Um, he just couldn't stay healthy. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know that he would still be out there just because <laughs> the injury the injury factor. He was – I mean, by the time he hit pro, he had already had tons of injuries and, and, and been jacked up. So – yeah, I mean, I would watching, think... Watching, watching him prepare for the Supercross, <clears throat> trying to think what year it was, the last one he did, which was... Yeah, 2011? 2011, maybe 10. 10? I think it was yeah. 10. Yeah. <clears throat> watching him prepare for that and what he had to put his body through just to be able to ride, I don't see how he could do it full-time, or could have at that point. That was what, you know, four years ago. Was it the day that he was at Chad's? I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he crashed really hard. Yes, were you there that? Yes, yeah. no. I was. So, he crashed within. Yeah, just watching minutes. him have to stretch and basically do yoga to even get on his motorcycle and have a. He had a full time guy stretching him out and working on his knee and stuff. And do you? There's just no way to maintain that. I don't know so. if you were there, JT. Were you there when he first rode off? He got on his bike and did a backflip off the side of the triple. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. Gets on his bike, gets on his bike. Jake uh, starts it up, revs it, ring, 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 goes up. Was he on two-stroke? I think he might have been in a four-stroke. I don't know. I think it was no, it was a four-stroke. Four-stroke. He goes up. He rides 15 feet from his bike stand off the side of the takeoff of the triple, does a backflip, lands on, on uh, two wheels, and keeps going. Just just like a <laughs> like literally uh, stretching, like a guy stretching and before he gets going. It was it was amazing. I'm, we're just like, what did, did – did everybody just see that? That's yeah. crazy. That That's like the time he tried to uh, backflip at Daytona in the heat race and smash his face. <laughs> Yeah, no. This was such a casual. I got this all day long. This was like you know me reaching for another slice of pizza. Casualness, like no Crazy. problem. Yeah, but thanks for the call, man. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you. He was something else, Travis. Man, he was good. 
Do you remember in Daytona when they uh, they just had those those backhoe holes by the mechanics mm-hmm. area? Yep. He was just wheeling. Just wheelie, yeah. Just wheelie the whole straight length of the straightaway standing up. Yeah, I think that was uh, 2000, Supercross 2000. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Uh, yeah, you're just sitting there going, really, guy? This guy's just making a mockery of, of everything. So. Yeah, he crashed like two or three times and still won yeah. by a mile. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was good, so good there because I think it, 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 you had to bunny hop and jump and place your front wheel and place your back wheel and, you know what I mean? To try yep. to like uh, get by this stuff. So, uh, Mark. Well, he was so tall too that he could yep. he could manual things that most people couldn't, and yep. he would just blow by people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mark, what's going on? Oh, hi there. I'm um, calling to see your thoughts of this. I I sort of watched Dungey, and I sort of see him managing this outdoor series as 24 events. Uh, he doesn't look terribly stressed. He doesn't look like he's pushing it very hard. He doesn't look exhausted. You know, at, at the at the end of the events, I'm wondering if this is just his method of saying I'm going to put this in a championship and let Roxon flake out like he did in the Supercross series. What do you think, JT? I don't think that Dungey is is waiting around. I, I don't because I can kind of see his frustration um, with with Roxon winning, and I I just I think he's. I think he's giving it everything he has. I just think that Roxon right this right now has been a little bit quicker. Um, I don't think he's in better shape or anything like that. I just think he's he's got a little bit more speed than than uh, Ryan does. So I really believe that if if Dungey could win, he would go win. I, I don't see much reason for him to hold back. So he he may have that in the back of his mind where. Yeah, I hope uh, you know. I hope Kenny kind of uh, falters a little bit as it gets hot and as the season wears on. But I, I don't think he's holding anything back because of that. Hmm. I'm always wondering that because with so many people getting injury th- injured through the course of the year or having rough patches, seems like consistency always wins the outdoors. Yeah, and I think I think that's synonymous with Ryan Dungey is consistency. But also watching him. He's going for it. Like uh, you can see the intensity in his riding. You know, I was standing literally on the track this weekend, and and there was no holding back. <laughs> I don't know where he could have been trying any harder. He just was just a tick off of what Roxon was able to do. So I know, maybe, maybe, especially maybe it's maybe it's not a matter of trying. Maybe it's just risk averse. You know, when he could be making passes, he doesn't push it in. He always acts conservatively. Uh, he never hairball on anything. And we saw what yeah. happened in Supercross a couple times right. where he did decide to be hairball, and it wasn't successful Successful for him. I wonder if yeah, it's just I think sort of ingrained in his racing now. A little bit. No, I, I think for sure it's ingrained in his racing. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that he thinks that that's the best way all the time. I think he gets, <clears throat> he gets frustrated with himself at times. Yeah. Uh, just because his he's not the greatest passer. You know, he's such a great rider and great champion, but... His passing skills are are arguably his, you know, the weakest part of his game, and I think that's got to frustrate him just as much as everyone, you know, everyone criticizes right. him. For it. He's not blind to it, and I'm sure it's yeah. got to frustrate him at times. I, yeah, well, you, you remember, we'll, we'll see how it uh, works out in September anyway. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Uh huh. Yeah, do you remember uh, JT? He, you know, he blocked past Weimer and Tickle and Hill and Supercross, and there was a couple weeks where we were saying he was angry, Dunge. And then yep. he just told Wygant, no, man, everything's the same. Uh, no, no no change. And I'm just like, come on, Ryan. Like, well, come- yeah, I mean, I, I think that's 
yeah. pretty standard of Ryan though. He's not going to tip his cards regardless. Yeah. You know? yeah. He wants to keep everything pretty close to the to the best anyway. All right, uh, Missy, what's going on? You're, you've called the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB. Uh, what's your question? Hi, Steve, JT. Um, I'd like to know who you think is the best mud rider because we talked about it might rain. It's poured down rain here the last couple days um, in four fifty and two fifty class. Hard to bet against Roxon in the mud. I'm going to say Roxon in the mud. Yeah, I would yep. say Barsha. Barsha would be a strong argument as well. Yeah, uh, but he's obviously out. Two fifties, um, Purcell, Marvin. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's such a tough thing to say because a lot of these guys we don't have a lot of data on. I mean, when you know we haven't had a mud race in how long? I, I yeah. can't remember ever seeing Bogle ride the mud. I haven't ever seen Jeremy Martin ride the mud. I haven't seen Cooper Webb ride the mud. I, you know, there's yeah. so many guys. I don't know. Like, yeah, we, we just haven't had that condition in so long. I don't really have any data to draw from. Yeah, we haven't had those mudders for It's been a while. Um, Can I ask a second question? Mm, um, sure. All the hype about, in the beginning of the season, everybody was hyping Purcell, and um, then I heard, like, he's not as fit as the other 250 riders. Um, what's all that hype about? Like, when, will, when do you expect him to be as fit as Jeremy Martin, Cooper Webb? Um, uh, what do you think, JT? I don't think ever, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, – I think that Christoph goes about his racing a different way, and he's never going to be just uh, the fit animal guy that, that other guys are. He's never going to be Ryan Dungey, you know, out there where you could he could ride for an hour at the same it. pace. So yeah. Um, yeah. he has to win his own way. He has to conserve energy and be really efficient. And when he's when he's hitting on all cylinders, it's really tough to beat, but – that's kind of his M.O., and I don't ever see that changing. Okay. Thanks, Missy. Yeah. Thank uh-huh. you. Oh, another girl caller. Tits, we got two of them today. You're on a roll. <laughs> right? Uh, Mark wants to talk about Kenny Roxon. What's up, Mark? Hi. How's it going? Good. Thanks for listening. Um, I think I expect Roxon to just dominate this year. I expected him to do it when he first came over, just from seeing how he rode in the GPs. But I think he's, I think he's learned, and I'm... I'm calling him for the championship. Um, yeah. Uh, D- David Villeman, another guy that's uh, very, very happy on Twitter to point out that he did call it. Villeman was saying the same thing. He said Kenny Roxon's going to win this title. He's stronger than Dungey. He's faster than Dungey. And uh, he's got Alden Baker now. So, yeah, it- it's one of those things for sure. Uh, Mark, I said Dungey would do it. I expected him in the 250 to do that and when he was in 250 to do that. But, you know, not being used to the tracks. And now he's had some time on the tracks. and Yeah. To see him dominate. I don't know that he's stronger than. I would argue right. that he's stronger than Dungey, but I think he has some unique aspects. Well, I wouldn't say unique, but he has some uh, some aspects of his racing that are better than Dungey's. Much more aggressive early in the race. He's, he's much more creative with his passes, um, and I think those have been huge in, in the results column. All right, thanks, Mark. Yep, thanks. Uh, appreciate it. All right, we got to knock these calls out before we end the show. Jason, what's going on? Hey guys, good show. Um, Thank you. Just wondering what your thoughts for Jason Anderson. Like, if you think he can get up there as the, uh, you know, it seems like he's been uh, not getting the best starts and stuff. But if you guys are still thinking he can run that pace up front, I, I called him for a win this year at some point. Uh, Lakewood wasn't a great race for him. I thought it would be better. Y- he's right, JT. Uh, Jason's right about Jason. He can't get a start right now. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Um... I, his starts weren't the best in Supercross either most of the time, so it's not that shocking that he's you know coming out tenth or fifteenth or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think his his outdoor campaign has been a bit underwhelming. You know, he, he was great at I thought he was great at Glen Helen. He just started too far back. 
but is he, he really big on that didn't. Bike? I'm sorry. Is he big or right. does he just look big you know, on the bike? How he rides, he he kind of looks like a bigger guy on that bike. No, he's yeah, he's pretty big, but he doesn't weigh a lot. He's kind of like Dino, where they're they're big and lanky, but they're they're pretty thin. So I, you know, I'm sure they weigh more. He weighs more than Jeremy Martin does, but he's not a not a heavy kid by any means. Thanks, okay. thanks, Jason. Thanks. All right, yeah, he, he he's probably 160. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say if I had to guess, I would yeah. say 160, somewhere around there. Uh, Dave, quickly, what's your question? Okay, I got a question actually not really pertains to any rider or team, but um, in Lakewood they talked about the track getting hard and blue grooved. Yeah. And they said that the uh, reason for that was they were expecting weather, rain. Mm-hmm. Why would the tracks not want to rip the dirt deeper to allow rain to absorb in? I would think racing on wet concrete is far more dangerous than you oh. know, ripping dirt that's holding water. What do you think, JT? Well, they want to. The, the idea is if if it does rain. Uh, that hard surface will allow the rain to all run off. And then following the rain, they can rip it up and then turn the hard dirt over, and then you still have decent dirt to work with. The problem if okay. you rip it first is you, you dig it deep so the water can penetrate down deep into the into the basically the crust, and then you're, it's done. Like there's no coming back after that point. Everything's okay, no, muddy, and it's waterlogged and done. Okay, yeah, that was yeah. it. Thanks, thanks, Dave. Thank all, you, right. all right, thank you. Last question of the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Hobo Nick. Yo, what's going on, guys? How's hobo life? Uh, it's getting better day by day. Good. All right. What's going on? Um, so I had a, a theory on James Stewart, and I know you guys don't want to drag your uh, argument on anymore <laughs> with the uh, bike setup. But uh, so, JT, I know that, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious that sometimes guys will – sort of step it up and ride a little bit out of control in situations where it's kind of a high reward situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how they talk about that line between control and chaos. And, you know, if you can wrestle that line down, you're, you're, uh, you're at your best speed. Yep. So, um, my theory is that with Stewart, I feel like he's, he's not really riding that line as often anymore. Uh, I feel like in his younger days, that. you know, he was always a little bit more out of control, but, you know, kept it on two wheels, and uh, um, I, don't know, I, I, I think he's just kind of like getting a little bit more scared, and maybe with age and maturity, he's maybe just getting smarter. Um, but I, I mean, just from racing and stuff, don't you feel like there's those guys that can ride that line and, and really hold it together and, and pick up their speed, and then there's some guys that just can't, you know, like they just, it's too much of a risk. Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I think there are guys that are that are uh, more willing than others to, to push the edge, and I think that even as fast as Ryan Dungey goes, I think at times he's he's guilty of not wanting to push that edge, and Chad Reed is is guilty of that as he he holds back sometimes, against, you know, against his own will. He doesn't want to, but it's just in his nature, and uh, you know, he's just his head gets in the way of his throttle hand sometimes, so. I, I do agree uh, James was one of those guys that was never scared to do that, and he probably is. I mean, uh, you know, with age, you, you become wiser, and it gets a little old bouncing off the ground, honestly. So uh, I think he's looking at this big picture, and the days where he feels like he can go win, you know, that those are the days that he's going to go try to win. You know, he's not going to hold anything back, but there are days when I just don't think he feels like he has it. So he's not he's not willing to splatter himself on the ground if he knows that he doesn't have it that day. Yeah. yeah. 
and then also, uh, you know, if the, if the entire event had nothing to do with the motos, if it was just whoever can come out and set one lap, uh, the fastest lap time of the day, you know, I still feel like Stewart would be able to do that more often than not. And, you know, it's just uh, one lap would be a low risk, and he can, you know, he can give it that whatever, two minutes mm-hmm. and get it done. But I just feel like now he's he's at the point where he, you know, it's just too much to risk. He's I remember in '09 when he won that championship, it was kind of a scary year to watch him ride. Um, you know, he went down and hit the deck so many times. Just so my theory on that is that you know it may be with the bike setup as well, but I think too he's just kind of he's kind of backing it down, and I feel like he's he's picking his battles a little bit more wise now. Uh, I think you're, I think in '08 when he went 24 and 0, there were some moments where you're like, why are you doing that, James? You're 30 seconds ahead. Why are you still jumping that or whatever? He just was just you know on his game, so yeah, yeah. Um, cool. All right, all right. This thought it was an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah. No, no, uh, no worries. Thanks for the call, Hobo Nick. All right, see you guys. Thanks. All right, JT. No, and just to what? just okay. to expand on what he said really quick. I still I've said this for years, and I still will say it. If if I had, if my life was dependent on one lap to set the best lap on any track, Supercross or outdoor, it still would be on James Stewart. Mine would be Tim Ferry. <laughs> well, it was good knowing you. <laughs> no, I agree. You can't, you can't do it. He's, I mean, again, I've taken some flack, but he's the most talented motorcycle rider ever, ever. Yeah, in my eyes, hard to argue that. Yeah. All right, JT. Thank you. All right, guys. See, see you at high yeah. point. All right, man. See Bye. Uh, all right, everybody. Another fantastic addition, don't you think, Tits, of the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show? Absolutely. Uh, thanks to uh, what was her name, Lynn. Lynn. Lynn, you won the Fly Racing Women's Kit. Hopefully uh, it helps you out. Fly Racing Moto Sticky Show presented by NFAB. Thanks to uh, Fly Racing. Check them out, flyracing.com and n-fab.com. We appreciate you guys listening. No show next week because there's a week off. I'm going to Canada. But we'll be back the Thursday after that. Tits, you're not here that, that Thursday. I'm not sure when it is. Somewhere, right. somewhere around there. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you in two weeks.